The first reading is from Isaiah, the 56th chapter. Thus says the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness. For soon my salvation will come and my righteousness will be revealed. Blessed, who the, blessed is the man who does this, and the son of man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath, not profaning it, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name, better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, to ministers to him, to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it, and holds fast my covenant. These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offering and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. The Lord God, who gathers the outcast of Israel, declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. This is the word of the Lord. Our psalm for today is Psalm 67. May, may God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for you. For you judge the people with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. The earth has yielded its, yielded its increase. God our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. The second reading is from Romans, the 11th chapter. I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means. For I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Now I am speaking to you, Gentiles, inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order to somehow make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? As regards the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they may also now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel for this week is from the Gospel of Matthew, the 15th chapter. And Jesus went away from there, and he withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, 
son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. His disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She came. She knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the gospel of our Lord. All right, so today's sermon is going to be telling the story as if from a a disciple's perspective. And to get some of the the message that I get to share with you today, there's two gospel books that that talk about this Canaanite woman. One's Mark and one's Matthew. And so in Mark's gospel, we have the location being explained even a little bit more in greater detail and that it was in a home setting. It was Matthew doesn't necessarily describe the setting, but Mark does. And so sometimes when you look at different gospel books, when you, when you put them all together, it gives you different perspectives so you can get a complete idea of what was going on. And so some of these words are kind of a combination inspired from Mark's gospel and Matthew's gospel story about this very event. And in, in case some were getting in online a little bit later on, the setting for this is Canaan. Canaan was not a place that had people that were friendly towards God's people, the Israelites. They had been constantly at war. They had been constantly at war physically, but they had also been constantly at war um, in religious ways. The Canaanite gods were not the gods of Israel. And so there was great tension between these in histories of, of mortal combat, if you will. And um, there was no respect of the Jews for the false gods and the people who adopted these false gods. And it was into that land that Jesus went. And he had just left a land where some people were just coming in because they wanted food for their bellies. Other people were always coming for him because they just wanted healing. And there was a whole other group that everything he said, they twisted. Every, if he did something good, they tried to twist it so it looked bad. And if he said something that was true, they tried to twist it to make sure it wasn't a lie. And they were always trying to tempt him and bait him and to test him so they could accuse him and make him small, much like you would get in the political world in our country today. Not one person can speak one thing on any side without the other side twisting it and using it to smear them and to make themselves look good. And so into that world, you had the Jewish leaders that had just come out and he had just finished an episode with them, and now he's left that, and he's going to a Gentile world. That in itself is important, because never before has Jesus done that this way. And while the disciples had little faith last week, this is one of the rare times when Jesus is telling a person of a land that typically didn't love God, didn't follow God's law, great is your faith. So that's the context for what's going on. And now we'll get into the story. Again, this is from Lamey, like one of the disciples' perspectives. She didn't belong there. 
This was a Jewish family's home. She was unaccompanied by her husband, meaning she probably didn't have one. Who knows what kind of lifestyle she was living. She was unclean. She was a godless or false god-worshiping Canaanite woman. She should not have even been close to us. I knew it. The rest of us knew it. We were just trying to sit down and, and share a meal together, a dinner together, when she found us and she began to yell at us from, from outside the house. We did our best to ignore her until she did an unthinkable thing. She barged into this house. I, started, I was startled at this, and I stood up immediately, but John and James, they were close to the door. They got up immediately. They left at the same time I had, and they were already reaching out to stop this woman from coming further into the room. And then she saw the master. Lord, son of David, she cried out as they moved in front of her. Have mercy on me. My daughter is sick. She is suffering from a demon. None of us said a word to her. Peter, James, and three others joined me as we physically moved her out of the house. She was interrupting not only our meal, but also our time of rest. I can tell you that most of us, we were a bit angry with this unclean woman's intrusion. We were tired from many days and weeks of long, intense days amongst crowds. We were, we were recovering from a very stressful travel and from an exhausting all-night trip across the sea. This was finally to be a calm time in a home. It was to be a special time with Jesus and a host family. We had no intention of letting her get in the way of that. The woman struggled a bit, but she didn't have a chance. Working the boats and hauling nets gives a working man a lot of strength. We were strong, and even more, she was outnumbered. We got her outside, but let me tell you, once outside, she would not go away. She was loud, and she was insistent. She tried to get by us to get back inside. She kept on saying to us that she had to see the son of David, the, this Messiah person that she'd scarcely heard about because her daughter had a terrible demon. She had heard that this Jewish Messiah, that he was there and he was present and he was working powerful miracles amongst God's people. And so because of that, she knew that he could help her. We formed a line shoulder to shoulder between us and her and the door. She must have clutched and grabbed and wrestled with each one of us pleading. I tell you, she was a real pain. James tried to reason with her. Look, he said, you are a Gentile woman. You are a Canaanite woman. You are an unclean woman. And you have the signs of that possession in your very life, in the life of your daughter. She's an unclean woman. Your daughter's got a, a, a demon. You have absolutely no respect for our God and the people of our God. Jesus is a guest in this man's home. You are wrong to just barge in here and start demanding help. Then I added, I said, from the times of Noah, 
You Canaanite people have been worshiping false gods. You have been at war with God's people. You have been under a sin curse of God himself. She kept arguing. Peter finally got angry, and this time he just butted in. He says, you do not respect the law of Moses. You are unclean. Do not defile this man's house, this family, or this master with your selfish and sinful presence. Go away, please. Go away. The woman, she wouldn't quit. She was determined to see Jesus. I've got to see him, she said. I know that he can help my little girl. I tell you, she was a fanatical woman. She didn't know her place, that's for sure. The more we said to her, the louder and more persistent she got. She cried, she begged, she screamed, and there was no reasoning with her. After a few minutes of this, more minutes of this, I finally got the idea. I said, well, well, let me go ask Jesus to tell her to go away. I figured that if he said something to her, she would get the picture, and she would just stop this for eternal, relentless racket. I whispered the idea to one of the guys next to me, and they agreed. It was the only thing we could do if we were going to have any peace that evening. So I entered the house. I went to Jesus. He was sitting and and eating and, and talking with our host. Our host, oh, he was trying to hide the fact that he was very uncomfortable with the whole situation. Excuse me, I said to Jesus, could you please tell that woman to just go away? She's really persistent. She's pestering us with all of her crying and her carrying on. Jesus looked at the host. Then he looked at me and he said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. So I turned, and I was going to tell that wretched woman what the master had said. But just as I was turning around, somehow or another, maybe the disciples got distracted, they were busy with the other, but somehow or another, that woman in a flash squeezed through those strong men, and she ran to Jesus, and there she didn't stand. She fell at his feet, holding his feet. Lord, she said, help me this point, we, we didn't do anything. We figured that Jesus could handle it just fine. The unclean woman, she was on her knees, at his feet, and she was worshiping him. He looked around the room for a moment. He looked at each one of us, and he was looking for our reactions. The seconds turned by, became minutes. It became increasingly quiet in the room. And the woman at his feet, she became quiet too. There at his feet, she looked so small, so vulnerable, so dependent. Jesus looked down at the pagan Canaanite woman and He said to her, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. 
The disciples looked around the room at each other. We're looking at each other, and we're thinking, wow, what an appropriate message to such an unclean woman from such an unclean people and an unclean land. Without even a moment's pause, this begging woman, she looked up to Jesus, and with with humble faith and with confident expectation, she said, yes, Lord. And she added, But even the dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. We were stunned. I was stunned. She knelt at his feet, submitting to him as Lord. She didn't defend herself. She didn't make any excuses. She adopted the idea that she was was lowly, and and that her daughter was demon-possessed, and that they were no better than dogs. And still, she knelt there believing that the crumbs of his mercy could and would heal her little girl. The room was silent at her words. Then Jesus smiled at her, as if he found some elusive delight in her confession and the strength and persistence of her faith. With love in his voice, he said, Oh, woman, you have great faith. It is done for you as you hoped. Go home. Your daughter is healed. Looking back on that evening, and it's the life lesson that it was, Thomas and James and Peter and John and the others, myself, we all wondered if if Jesus had left the Holy Land with all of its rejecting, negative, judging, religious power leaders all scrambling for that, if he left that, and took us through a storm that challenged our limited small faith so that he could enter a cursed, sinful, godless land knowing that an unclean woman and others like her would seek him and find him. We wondered if Jesus would go there knowing that she and others like like her, that they would teach us that the Son of God came to an unclean humanity, that none of us were without sin, none of us were clean in God's eyes, Jews and Gentiles, and that we needed to discover that. That the Son of God came to prove that God's mercy is available to all people, Jews first, but to be sure, Gentiles as well. We wondered if Jesus went there knowing that she would teach us that the Son of God could and would bring healing to those who have faith, even a Gentile dog. We left home the next day, even though we never knew her name, even though we never saw her again. 
her lesson, her faith, her determination, it will never be forgotten. Her determined faith in Jesus was an example for us all. And Jesus' love for her and her daughter proved that God loves all people, even the Gentiles. May we never forget. Amen. Let us declare our faith. We'll use the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. God, our Father in heaven, we ask that you'd look with mercy upon us, your needy children on earth. Grant us grace that your holy name would be hallowed by us in, in all the world through the pure and true teaching of your word, through the fervent love that's shown forth through your church. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, you call, we call you Lord. We ask that you'd help us to live life as though you are the Lord of our lives. Graciously turn us from all false doctrine and evil living. Return us to live according to your holy word. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we ask that a medical remedy for COVID-19 be discovered that would be rapidly shared across the face of the earth. We ask that you'd put an end to global turmoil inspired by political greed. We ask that you'd make your kingdom come to the church and that through your church it would expand. We ask that you'd bring all transgressors and those who are blinded and bound by the devil's kingdom, that they would come to know Jesus, your son. Work in and through us so that the number of Christ's followers may be increased. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Father, we give you thanks and praise for sharing your children with us for a time and season. We ask you to bless all those we know and love who are going to celebrate birthdays this week. Lord, we also give you thanks that you've led husbands and wives to discover love and the, the gift of marriage and family. And we ask that you would bless the families on earth with love, especially those who are celebrating anniversaries this week. 
Lord, we bring before you those we know and love who are in need of healing as they suffer in many and different ways. We ask that you'd comfort and sustain them, that if it gives you glory, that you'd bring them healing. We ask that you hear the names of those we present before you now. prayer request, Lord. We ask that you would forgive the leaders of government, the leaders who have great power in the world, and all the people of our nation and the nations of the world. Forgive us for all the ways that we have abandoned your law and your holy will. And if it gives you glory, let your Holy Spirit inspire a reformation in this nation, in this world. Reform us, Lord, so that we might love like you love serve like you serve, that we would be humble, grateful, and obedient. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. We will trust in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.